You're listening to episode 56 of The Marketer's Mindset with Brian Burkhard. Welcome back to The Marketer's Mindset, the podcast where we talk about how to create and sustain a powerful mindset to help you build a successful online business and lead a happy and abundant life. Guys, I'm super excited to be talking with today's guest. He is a writer, speaker, author, and coach, and the host of the top-rated iTunes podcast, Resist Average Academy, which is designed to give the listeners the knowledge, inspiration, and action steps to live a life by design, never by default. After starting out in the fitness industry and running his own fitness business, he's continued to follow his passion for learning, teaching, sharing, and experiencing. His contagious enthusiasm and approach to life can be seen and felt in a wide array of content that he creates, including his podcasts, books, videos, speeches, and courses. Now, we all listen to podcasts, we read books, attend seminars, and take courses because we want to maximize our business and put more play into our lives. But today's guest really lives his life this way. He wants others to live this way too, which is why he wrote his two books on resolution, how to ditch resolutions forever, live life by design and achieve your dreams and the 1% rule, how to fall in love with the process and achieve your wildest dreams. Or he's also outlined the process of integrating breakthroughs into our lives to allow consistent incremental daily growth and to achieve our dreams. Now, this book is awesome, and I can say that because I have purchased the book, and he has 4.6 out of 5-star review rating on Amazon. As if these accomplishments were not enough, he's also a regular contributor for Influensive, the popular blog that shares unconventional wisdom for influential minds that teaches, trains, and inspires the next generation of leaders. Now, today, he's going to share on how you can reverse engineer your success and live an inspired life on your terms. Please welcome the man who likes to say he doesn't have it all figured out, but he loves the process. Mr. 1% himself, Tommy Baker. Brian, thank you so much for having me here, and I'm so excited uh, to deliver some value and connect on your amazing platform, and now I officially want to hire you to do my intros going forward. <laughs> well, you know what? When, when you have an amazing resume like that, it makes it easy, bud. So I'm excited to I talk to you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I want to give a big shout out to Courtney Blair for introducing us. Yes. Um, so this is going to be exciting. Uh, like I said, I got your book and then we kind of briefly spoke and we had some uh, some issues before. So we're re-recording this now, which we've been able to hook up, which I'm excited. But since then, you told me that you had just recently came out with the audio version of the 1% rule. Absolutely. It's now out. It was so much fun to create that, you know, to, to give the voice, uh, you know, to give the book a voice, which to me, I always love uh, when authors, you know, read their books, authors with personalities. It's just, it's just a great way to learn. Often when I connect with material, I'll get the physical copy and the audio copy because we just learn differently. Um, and that really creates a powerful synergy. No, absolutely. And I did purchase it after we talked. Oh, so thank now you I have so both. much. You rock. Oh, I got it, but I love it. I love listening. Like you said, with the author reading it, I think there's so much more impact. There's other stuff in there. And then the message just comes through so much stronger than just a narrator reading it. 
Yeah, and it was it was such a fun project, and uh, you know, you know, to me, it's like it's you know, I always I have a, a, a you know two or three audiobooks every month that I go to when I'm really deep diving. I'll listen to both at once um, because you know I found myself in 2016. I was reading about 60 books a year. But Brian, what I found out was that I wasn't integrating the way that I wanted to. So what I realized was when I was at 45, because I said I wanted to do 60, those last 15, I wasn't integrating. So the next year and what I've done since is really cut down, that down in half. Um, but the books that resonate, I just I do everything I can to integrate it. And I won't move on until one, I've shown proof that it's in my life. Two, I've taught it to others, and three, I can teach the material and and you know show it coming to life in, in in my business and other aspects of life. That's great, and I think it's so important because you know you always hear everybody you know read a book a day and everything's hustle, hustle, grind, grind. And I think a lot of people think, man, I just got to read all these books because you know readers are leaders and all this other stuff. But what you said is so important, and I think everybody, if they would just slow down, find the books that resonate that really say, hey, this thing I can think can really make a difference in my life and then apply it. And I think that's the problem. People read the book or read most of it and then they're off to the next thing and they're not applying what they learned in there. So I think what you said is so important. I think everybody needs to take that and apply it to what they're doing in their books. And it's the same thing with experiences that we have or programs or courses or uh, maybe we, we go to a seminar, right? Like the, the the growth doesn't necessarily happen when you're at the event or with the mentor, although there's, there's definitely aspects to that where you grow. But the growth happens in the in-between, what you do after, how you integrate it, how that changes, how you show up at a sales meeting or for your business or for your relationship. That's what really matters. And that that's the process of just knowing something intellectually. We have a society that knows a lot. That's step number one. Step number two is can you do that? Can you actually follow up your 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 mindset with the behaviors to do that? But that's only scratching the surface. The last part is can you become those principles? Can you be so in alignment that you go from knowing to doing to being? Absolutely. Now, that's what you just brought up there. I want to touch on this. How does one do that then, Tommy? How does one go to a seminar and what would they do to take action instead of just going from seminar to seminar? How do they, what, what would be a game plan to implement? What strategies have you taught to your um, clients and students to actually implement what they've learned? Absolutely. And so I, I created this out of self-preservation because I was the guy going to all the you know, seminars and events. I remember being at a seven-day seminar with Dr. John Demartini. We're in Houston, Texas. This guy would show up, Dr. Demartini would show up at 7 a.m. and the seminar would finish at about midnight or 1 a.m. for seven days. He never changed, changed his energy at all. Like that. That's how much wow. passion and purpose was going through. Now, the last day I had lunch with a group of people at the uh, at the um, seminar. And, you know, I'm, my head is spinning at this point. Literally, I feel like I have flu-like symptoms. I have so much information that's been passed through me. And I'm like, I need six months to integrate this. And we're going, we're having lunch. We're having a sandwich at the, at the you know, seminar breakout room. And these guys are saying, oh, I'm going to this event this weekend. I'm going to this event next weekend. I got six more events. And I'm like, guys, like, are you, I, like, I can't even think straight right now. And that's when I realized that so often a lot of people go from program to program without integrating, without implementing. And so it starts with one being very strategic about the events and the content that you listen to, like having a, an outcome associated with it. That's number one. Number two is keeping things simple. 
from this podcast, for anyone listening, you might get 19 things that hit you, but I want you to focus on the biggest one. And the biggest one might not even be the biggest action step. It's the one that feels and connects most to you to where you are in your life and business today. And then the third step is something has to shift. You have to change something. And that could be a very small shift. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, um, duration, you know, doing it consistently is much more powerful than, you know, a, a cataclysmic, sh- cataclysmic shift on one day. So using those three and you add it consistency, that's when you go from knowing, uh, knowing to doing to being. That's how you actually become to, to live these principles and not just talk about them. Yeah, that's powerful. And, that, and and those action steps, I appreciate you sharing that because that's one of the big things is is taking action on what you learn. You get so overwhelmed sometimes with all the knowledge and information, and but you need to apply it or it's just, you know, good conversation stuff that you can spot out, but you don't actually know it and become it, like you said, until you're actually implementing it. So that's so powerful. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, the podcast, Tommy, here is focused around mindset. Because I think mindset is kind of left out on a lot of stuff. Everybody's teaching the ABCs to success and the how to do it, which is all great because we do need to know that. But I think it all starts with the mindset. Um, and I actually had a, a chance to go with, I think you know, are you familiar with Kelvin Wayman? Uh, sounds familiar, but but doesn't, not off the tip of my, uh, it, it, not immediately. That's fine. He, I, he connected with him through here, and he's been on the show and, and so forth. And he got me a ticket last year to go to a speaking engagement here out in Scottsdale for a business event. And uh, Joel Polish was there, yes. and the keynote was Damon John. Yes. And he got me a backstage pass, so I got to meet Damon, and I actually got to ask him a question. And the question I asked him, uh, first of all, I asked him, hey, if you and Mark Cuban got in a fight, who would win? That's classic. He kind of laughed and stuff, and I said, no, 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 seriously. But I asked him on our tummy, I said, how important do you feel mindset has been to your success? And I want to pose that question to you. It's a beautiful question because the answer is absolutely everything. The way that we approach anything, our, our ability to create results and a powerful experience will always lead back to our mindset. It will always lead back to our awareness, our perception, our beliefs, all of the stuff that creates our experience. You know, there's this this parable, and I've said it a few times, and I'm probably messing it up, but it's about, you know, a man that was looking for for new land, and he was obsessed with this this quest to find new land, and he was ready to leave his old land behind. It was old, and it was stale to him, and he went out on this quest and this adventure, and he hit uh, a ton of storms and uh, huge uh, tsunamis and all of this stuff, and it, it spun him around a bunch of times, and he ended up finally finding what he thought was a new land. And when he arrived to the land, he saw everything differently. He had appreciation. He had gratitude. He was excited and enthusiastic. What he didn't know was that because of the storm, he ended up in the same place. And so the reason I share that is because perception and our beliefs are absolutely everything to not only the quality of life that we can experience, but the results. And so what, what the, the metaphor of that simple story, Brian, is just that our perceptions and our beliefs and the way that we see the world and our ability to uh, you know, uh, create possibility is ultimately up to us. That's why I got into this space because I originally started in the fitness industry and I would see two people with the you know, same age, same ability, 
same demographics, same psychographics. I mean, really as close to the, to similar as, as as you can get. And yet one person would achieve a life transformation from a physical change and the other person would stay stuck. And my curiosity was, what is the difference? And it's exactly what you said, all in, all between the ears. So, Brian, what that story represents is is that our beliefs, our perceptions, our awareness has the highest ability, the highest, uh, you know, determining factor if we experience success or not. This is what led me on this path. I had a brick-and-mortar fitness facilities. I had two of them, and someone from the same age, same background, same ability, same talent, same skill, basically as identical as you can get, one person would see a physical transformation that changed their entire life the other person would stay stuck. And my question was, why? And it's exactly what you said, what Damon John said. It's 100% what's in between our ears. So that's a, that must have been huge then. I mean, once you discovered that and found out that, hey, you know, I could teach them both the same. One's going to take action, one's not. I'm sure once you found that key, you were able to get more transformation out of these individuals by focusing on the mindset. So I'm sure you started incorporating that into your fitness and you were able to start getting better results for more people now. Absolutely. And and just like you said earlier, so many people are, are talking about the mechanics and the strategy and all of this, all of the blueprints from A to Z and how to get to six figures. And let's just start from the basics. If you don't believe it's possible for you, if you don't believe you're worthy of six figures, if you don't believe you have the, the the inner skill and capacity to create a business on your own terms with the freedom and the lifestyle you want, well, guess what? Of course it's not going to happen. You're going to go from program to program and you're going to say it doesn't work and all this digital marketing people, they're just full, you know, they're, they're just pyramid schemers because nothing works for me. Why? Because the most important foundational pillar wasn't taken care of. So it's a hundred, you know, a lot of stuff works, Brian, a lot of fitness programs work. We can go on Google and shoot a dart and find a fitness program that actually works. The question is, what mindset is, am I coming into it? What are my beliefs? Uh, what blind spots do I have that have been holding me back in the past from actually executing and following through and staying consistent enough to see results? Yeah, and, and that's the key right there, which you just nailed. And that's basically a premise of your book, The 1% Rule. And it's kind of a great segue into it. It's that creating that consistency, Tommy. I, I, you know, we've all talked about this before. You can go to the gym for four hours on a Monday, but if you don't go back for another three weeks, you would have been better off going for ten minutes, you know, five days a week for those three weeks. It's that consistency that's going to build the muscle, that's going to build the the results that you want to get. Absolutely, and listen. I experienced this last year when I wanted to, I picked up a guitar habit, right? I bought, I got excited. I went to guitar center. I went on forums. I was analyzing all of this stuff. By the way, I had no, uh, I had no reason to analyze cause I was such a beginner that it didn't matter if you gave me a, you know, a Les Paul from 67 that Hendrix used or, you know, a Yamaha that was just built yesterday. Cause I didn't have the skill, but this or a Walmart guitar. Exactly. So this happens to all of us. Right. And so right. here's, here's what happened, Brian. First week, 496 minutes of practice. Wow. Second week, 92 minutes of practice. Oh, wow. Can you guess the third week? Uh, let's see, maybe five? Zero, man. So, Zero. Yeah, so I, I teach this stuff and I live this stuff, but even with a guitar practice, I had to remind myself of that rule, right? And this is, you know, people say writing a book is hard. Well, not really. 
uh, I my daily target for a word count is 500 words. If I if if I have food poisoning, if I'm traveling, if uh, I'm on no sleep, I'm going to get 500 words. And so what you said is exactly right, which I forgot with the guitar habit. It wasn't about start anyone can start out. You know, uh, Angela Duckworth in, in the book Grit, you know, she says um, anyone can get started, few can endure. And so you're so right. Let's lower our intensity and actually focus on consistency because going back to knowing, doing, and being, being happens when you're consistent across a long period of time. Absolutely. Now, with the 1% rule, when when did you realize this philosophy that you came up with and, and wrote the book around? Absolutely. Well, it was it was really written um, from years prior. You know, I, I mentioned going to these seminars and not being able to put the pieces together, like really getting excited, crafting a vision, um, doing the affirmations, all of the stuff that is in the personal development, success, business principles world, but it wasn't quite happening for me. And and that's out of frustration, you know, I, I got to a place where I'm like, okay, I see other people getting results who did the same exact program. And, and also I used my, my fitness experience. Like what is the missing link? And what I found out is that while so many people focus on the vision, and Brian, that's absolutely a part of this game. You have to have a compelling why, uh, a captivating future, uh, what Robbins calls a magnificent obsession, whatever that is, that's crucial. That's the North Star. But we got to bring it back down to what we can do today, what we can do on a Tuesday morning when we're on four hours sleep because somebody woke us up and it's raining out and we don't feel like doing anything. Are we still willing to move forward on that day? And what I found is, especially as an entrepreneur, we like to complicate things. Why? Because complication leads to a reason not to do something. Right. right. For me, with the guitar, I could have started three months earlier. Or three weeks, whatever, how long it took me to buy the guitar. But I got excited about the possibility. But I didn't get excited about, you know, playing, you know, my fingers hurting and the fretboard and kind of twisting my wrist because it's so uncomfortable because I'm so new. And so that's that's where the 1% rule was born. Can we break down your vision to the, to the most to the simplest action step that you can do today, one that you can't distract around, you can't do research on, you don't have to go uh, go on Facebook for, you don't have to um, go on a forum for, you don't have to research and all of that stuff. You just do it. And what happens when you do it today? You start to gain a little confidence. What happens when you do it tomorrow? You start to get a little self-esteem. What happens when you do it tomorrow? Ooh, now I'm a little bit closer to my mountain. Like, I'm actually feeling some progress. Wow, this client signed up. This person did that. My, my platform did this. And then that's when you start to experience the beautiful force that is momentum. Yes, momentum is so wonderful. And that's the thing. you got to get it going. Are, are you familiar with uh, Michael Burnoff and all? Absolutely. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff here in uh, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, he's out in your area, neck of the woods, over yes. in Scottsdale. Yes, um, I had him on the show, and uh, we were talking, and one of the things he brought up that was so key, too, is he said a lot of people get hung up, just like you were saying at the beginning, and, and make things complicated. And they spend so much time on that, that he said, if you would just start taking action and forget about the final roadmap of what you want to do, get that momentum going, and once you've got a couple steps ahead, now say, okay, what am I running up to as obstacles or what do I need to start implementing? And he said, get started and then you can start doing the other stuff. But most people want to sit 
get all the ducks lined up in a row. And then, like you said, you complicate it. You're not taking action now and you're not getting that momentum. And, and Brian, so I'll share one of my big audacious goals is to be a New York Times bestselling author. So that's that's been a dream of mine since you know my grandmother would send me books and during my teenage years I would never read them but she stayed re- persistent which is awesome because she gave me a gift of voracious learning and reading and now writing now that's a that's a re- that's an audacious goal you know very few people ever achieve that um if I just left it there I would never do anything I would be so overwhelmed with how to acquire that skill, how to get to that place where you can actually write a book that so many people want to read. So that that's the vision part. And everybody has their version of the New York Times bestseller. We got to reverse engineer, write 500 words. So, so I, I got to connect today, writing 500 words based on who I am today with the future of achieving that outcome, right? And that's Excellent. where the magic happens. This is the tightrope. We must have both. But if I just focused on that vision, I would get so overwhelmed I wouldn't write a word. Yeah, you, you've got to do it. And that's why with the 1% rule, I love how you break it down because you're talking about small incremental improvements daily that just stack on themselves in compound. Absolutely. Is, now talk to me, Tommy. Talk to me about process goals versus outcome goals absolutely so conventional goal setting is obsessed with outcome goals right we want to you know get down to 12 percent body fat and you know be able to do a mile in this time uh we want to you know have uh, you know have a six-figure business etc etc but that's just the first part and it, if, if that's all you do, you're going to get lost where? You're going to get lost in where most people get lost, like the how. If, we, if, we, if, if you knew how to do it, you would have already done it. And so the how is where people get super stuck. So I never just said outcome goals. In fact, outcome goals to me are much less valuable than the process goal. And so the process and the system goal for the 12% body fat would be the commitment, the non-negotiable commitments the inputs that you're going to commit to in order to make that output a success, a reality. So in the case of the working out, that would mean how many times a week you're going to the gym, what does your nutrition look like, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for me, you know, like writing a book, like writing the 1% rule, for example, that was an outcome goal. I literally I wrote down, because I do 90-day targets, I said, by the end of the 90 days, I would have finished the one, I would have finished my upcoming book at the, at the time, I didn't know exactly what it would be called. And, the process goal, though, was write 500 words, right? And so uh, maybe we have a marketing goal that we that we want to achieve, a big launch. Well, what are the non-negotiable processes that you can implement into your life? You know, I always say this, Brian. I was working with a client the other day. I want to make your success almost impossible to not happen. Meaning, there you go. Yeah, no, so I want to create the environment. So I have a co- we're both in Arizona. So I have a co-working space in downtown Phoenix. I now live in North North Scottsdale. It is 40 minutes away. I come to my co-working space. I inconvenience myself with adding 90 minutes of driving to my routine 4 days a week to come out here. And my fiance thinks I'm a little crazy to do this. Why do I do this, Brian? Because when I get into this office, my word count is non-negotiable. When I get into this office, my ability to focus and execute on my marketing plans and not non-negotiable. 
if I do this from home and I know myself, and some people can work from home, but I know myself, I will operate at 40% capacity. So it's if, if you're somebody out there who has been, you know, let's just say uh, you've had trouble getting in shape for the last six years, well, maybe working out of your home again, doing the same inputs need to be changed. You need to go like get some courage and sign up for a trainer and put some money on the line. You got to change something. And so often, Brian, we focus so much on outcomes, but we don't focus on processes and systems. And you know, that's, that's the key ingredient that actually allows the outcome to come to life. Absolutely. And, and there's some nuggets that you just said when you were talking there that were so true. And I think one of them is, and you mentioned it a couple times and I love it, non-negotiables. You've got to have stuff that's non-negotiable that you must do. And no matter what, like you said, with your 500 words a day, you know, whether you're sick, you're traveling or whatever, you're going to accomplish it. It's a non-negotiable for you. And, and that's part of the process, which is so powerful. And the other thing that you mentioned that, that I want the listeners to really take a hold of too, besides that is also self-awareness. I'm not a person that can work well at home. I need to change my environment and put me into a different state where I'm in a, a mindset to work and to accomplish what I need to. And like you said, hire a trainer, um, go to a gym instead of working out at home, but change something because what you've been doing now hasn't worked. And that self-awareness I think is so important. Exactly. And, you know, if you if you listen, if you examine, I love just examining models of this, right? If you examine a team that wants to win a championship, on a daily basis, they set the vision at the start of the season, but then that's it. They basically forget about that vision. And where, where do they put their physical, mental, emotional energy? They put it on the process they put it on the 11th rep of the same scheme at practice to make sure that they get it just right if somebody wants to run a marathon 26 miles that's intense where do you put your focus well how many times a week are you going to run how long is each run how are you tracking that run so it, it process is much more valuable than outcome if we only focus on outcome very rarely do we actually achieve what we're looking to create. But if we focus on processes and systems, it's almost a near guarantee. And you know what's crazy, Brian? What's Some, that? Sometimes we'll achieve the outcome, the actual outcome, because we put our energy in the right place, will be much more powerful than the original one because we focused on processes and systems. Yeah, and I hope the listeners really, really take note of this. Guys, if you're not taking notes during this this uh, interview here, definitely go back and re-listen to it because Tommy's sharing some key things. If you're not getting results, he's gone through this process. He coaches people on this. He wrote the book on it. And I'm telling you, I've, I'm, I'm listening to it, and it's things that I'm starting to implement. I've been kind of on this process of the, the small incremental improvements, and it is powerful. It works it, it, it's not as overwhelming and I, I think it's just, it's, it's awesome that you, you're sharing this information here. Now, one of the things, and let's kind of relate to what you talked about with health, it can go for businesses and stuff, but I heard on one of the interviews you did, Tommy, you talked about plateaus and how one should not be frustrated about hitting a plateau. What is your philosophy when someone reaches a plateau? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the often, so Incremental growth is 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 predictable, right? It's you know, hey, I lost a pound this week. Um, 
I, you know, uh, I added $2,000 to my revenue this week. Just incremental predictable growth. And th that happens when you have clear inputs that lead to clear outputs. Um, but here's the deal. Exponential growth is, is part of life. Um, it, I, the 1% rule, if you just did 1% every single day with incremental growth, you'd experience, you know, three, over three and a half times growth. But that's only incremental. Exponential growth, which is a universal principle, would take that to 37 times. So, so there's this there's this beautiful in between from 3x to 37x. The problem with with this, Brian, is that when you're in incremental growth, when you're hitting that plateau, like you said, things kind of seem the same. Sometimes they can even seem boring. You're doing the same processes. You're doing the same rituals. You're seeing a few ticks here and a few ticks there. And that's when a lot of people give up. That's when a lot of people, Brian, they, they, they're on a path. They have a marketing campaign that they're, they're doing or a business that they're growing. And they hit a plateau and they, they completely change everything because they're not willing to endure and be patient. Now, Seth Godin has a brilliant book on this called uh, The Dip. Um, okay, I got to get that. I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, this book articulates uh, exactly what that plateau is and how the pursuit of mastery, the pursuit of, of being the best at, your, at the thing that you deliver, the brand, product, or service has this curve where you're going to hit a plateau and you're going to be at a plateau for a while. But if you're willing to endure, if you're willing to stay focused, if you're willing to be consistent... On the other side of that curve is the exponential growth curve and high levels of value because guess what? Most people quit way too soon. Things are working, but they don't see them working fast enough based on their expectations, and so they go and try something new. And anybody who's uh, you know created a business or had success with weight loss, it's never linear, Right. right. Like you put in inputs, you put in. I was just talking to a guy yesterday at Starbucks. He told me a story how, about how he lost 50 pounds. And I was like, hey, listen, I'm curious. Those first four weeks, like what kind of results did you see? And he told me, he's like, actually, not a lot. I actually wanted yeah. to quit. And then he said on the fifth week, like everything changed. His energy, mental clarity, like weight was just melting off. And so we have to have patience with ourselves. Now, Patience requires intentional action. It doesn't just mean letting the reins go and not doing anything, but intentional, pur purposeful action to stand the test of time to hit that exponential growth curve. So in terms of the plateau, if you're in it, that's actually a good thing. Like, stay with it. Stay the course. Because on the other side of that is the breakthrough. The thing is, you and I can't predict when that breakthrough is going to come. Right. That's the key there. See, it, listeners, like Tommy said, you need to stick with it. You need to switch jumping from one thing to another and just know that plateaus are part of the process. Now, one of the things with a plateau, and I mean, this even happens without a plateau, Tommy, but what happens when the self-doubt creeps in and the negative mind chatter? And I've talked about with my buddies and, and different people that I've interviewed. You can like go to bed at night feeling pumped up about your business. You're going to implement this. You're all excited. Eight hours or so later, you wake up and it's a totally different mindset. Self-doubt. You have um, you know, negative mind chatter that comes in. What do you teach your students? What have you learned? What hacks or systems do you use to deal with that negative chatter that comes in 
to deal with that and then to start taking action again or to continue taking action. Well, Brian, I simply allow them to feel the doubt and move on anyways. There's a great book by Susan Jeffers. It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And that's kind of yes. like with doubt or insecurity. And, you know, I kind of use this this principle called the so what principle, which is you experience self-doubt, so what? Meaning dissolve the emotion. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Lisa Nichols uh, yesterday, and she's told rock star. She, you know, big. Oh, huge, I love Lisa, yeah. yeah. huge in personal development. She said, Tommy, she said, Listen, I don't do anything that doesn't make my knees buckle or my teeth shatter. Uh, she talked about duality. So when she's setting goals and, and visions, and we talked about earlier in her career, she, she used doubt as a, as a compass. And so I always tell people, uh, if you're not experiencing some level of doubt, if you're not experiencing some level of uncertainty, if you're not experiencing some level of questioning, well, you're taking a predictable path that's probably not yours. And and the difference between the amateur and the professional is the amateur listens to the voices of doubts and that halts their execution. That stops them in their tracks. That makes them do less, not more. The professional rises above the voices, acknowledges them, but don't doesn't buy them in, doesn't invite them into their home. And persists anyways. And you know what the... Like, we all know what, what the path to, to killing those voices is. Is literally taking action. We've all felt overwhelmed with our business and everything that we have to do. And how it's not working fast enough. And all of this. And then we had uh, a day where we spun our wheels. We were uh, very busy. Uh, you know, doing busy work. But nothing important. And we felt worse. On the flip side of that. If we were purposeful, if we were focused, and we did something that was in line with our end goal, we felt better and we killed the voices. So it's a matter of going back to what you said about uh, Damon John. It's all about how we take it in. Uh, you're, and, and here's here's the funny thing is, you're bi- after you experience big successes, the voices will still be there. Elizabeth Gilbert, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, and she spoke about after that was like that was a blockbuster hit of a of a book. Oh, yeah. And after that, the voices just changed. The voices were no longer, am I ever going to hit it big? How can I make this happen? You're not a good writer. They were like, you just, you you experienced the biggest win of your career and none of your work will ever match that. And so she had to deal with those voices. So what I'm telling the audience is that your voices, your doubt isn't unique at all. It's just part of the, it's part of our hard wiring. The question is, what do you do when they pop up? Are you willing to take the next step or do you listen to them and take them at face value to stop and to be less and to do less? Yes. Yes. That is so key there. And I even heard, uh, I think it's Adele, the singer. You probably heard about this too, that, I mean, she still gets sick where she's thrown up before going on stage. And you think of how many performances she's done and Grammys and records and that, and she still has to overcome self doubt. At her level of success. And, and and you want that because self-doubt is just a temporary emotion and it actually turns into excitement if you're able to manipulate it and step through it. And so I know for someone like her, I'm sure that while that might not be the most pleasant experience, when she's in the middle of that performance, she actually appreciated that because that energy showed her that her heart was in it and she was all in and she cared and that led to a brilliant performance. So we always need a little bit of that 
to overcome that last little bit of resistance and show up as our best selves. So I, I always tell people, your doubts are, are not an excuse anymore, right? Like There you go, yeah. Let, like I'm not going to let you off the hook with your doubts because guess what? When I wake up to write every morning, I also have a voice in the back of my head that says no one's going to read this. And I persist anyways. When I wake up in the morning, I have a voice in the back that says, ah, you shouldn't train too hard today. You kind of, ah, you didn't sleep that good. You should relax. Uh, when I'm having a conversation with my fiance and we're, uh, you know, in this, uh, there's a little tension. There's a voice in the back of my head that says, you, 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 don't lean in. Don't lean in. Don't, don't say how you really feel. And so this is a daily practice. And once you let, you know, we, we put these greats, we put people that we admire on this pedestal and think that for some reason they don't, they don't experience the same things we do. And the truth is once we realize that they do on a daily basis, now we have to take responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that's such an important message to get out to people that everybody goes through it. And I love what you said. It's no longer an excuse. So listeners, I don't want it to be an excuse anymore. Tommy just told you how to handle it, how to deal with it, and how to keep taking consistent action. Now tell me, one of the things you talked about, and I heard this I think on another interview you did, and I thought it was pretty powerful, is when you talked about dealing with your students and coaching them, you talk about a thing called audit deletions. Explain what that is. Absolutely. And so – this is just this is just a principle uh, that comes from, you know, the understanding that so many people that I speak with on a daily basis are overwhelmed. They're busy. They have a lot of on, uh, stuff on their plate. They're managing roles, responsibilities, fatherhood, motherhood, kids, appointments, businesses, revenue, taxes. I mean, the list goes on and on. So what I help people do is when we start out, when we work together or I'm consulting for somebody or whatever it may be, um, we take inventory. You know, there's a reason why Brooks Brothers takes inventory a few times a year. you, you got to know what you're working with to start out. And so often in personal development, people want to skip to the vision without taking inventory on where they are today. So step one is having the courage to be very honest about where we are. You know, um, if we're at a job that's really not fulfilling us, like being okay saying it to ourselves and saying, this is not working for me. It is not where I want to be. And not making judgments or excuses, just living in that space. And that's taking inventory, which is step number one. And then step number two associated with that would be to start deleting some stuff off your plate. I call this just the closet principle. I just moved again. And I was, I realized again that when I walk into my walk-in closet, which is very nice in Arizona, because in New York a walk-in closet was basically non-existent. Um, right. But most of the clothes, I don't wear. I don't. I wear twenty percent of the clothes, eighty percent of the time. So why am I holding on to all this physical stuff? And this is just a metaphor for life that we add stuff to our plate: commitments, social outings. Even friends, acquaintances, relationships, text message threads, Netflix shows, um, noise of all different shapes and sizes. And we never take a moment to reflect, is this still serving the person I want to become and the vision I want to create? So once we've taken inventory, what I coach clients to do, we're going to delete 20% of all of that. Meaning we're going to delete appointments from your schedule that no longer serve you. We're going to maybe delete some connections that the relationship is there just because you guys were friends in high school, but you don't add any value to each other anymore. 
Why? Because once we create space and we're clear on where we're headed and our priorities are in line, guess what happens? That space is being filled up by stuff that actually propels us forward instead of dragging us down. Yep, I agree. Totally. Man, you're sharing some great stuff here, Tommy. I mean, I could talk to you for hours on this stuff. This is amazing. I love your energy. But I know you got some other commitments, so I want to respect your time. So I got some more questions. So I want to kind of go to some more like maybe some fire rapid questions here. Absolutely. A little more to to go over some stuff because, like I said, we could talk forever on this stuff, but I love it. I'm I'm a rambler. I'm a rambler by now. Once once you get me going with those good questions, I'm all in. But that's how I am too, and that's why my my (laughs) – Podcasts are never 15 minutes. I know, right? Okay. Now, I know you're a big fan of Stoicism, and so am I. I love it, Seneca, all that stuff. What have you learned from studying Stoicism that you've been able to apply to your business and life? Absolutely, and I'm, I'm so blessed that I, you know, I got into that material at a, at a relatively young age. But It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Just I was just talking about it on another podcast. Um, and... Um, you know, the original text that I really opened my mind was uh, Marcus Aurelius' uh, Meditations, um, which is such a beautiful book because it's it was actually a, a diary of his and never yeah. meant for public consumption, um, yet it is so valuable. And the principles from 2,000 years ago are just, just as valid as they are today. Um, but really, and, and I just had a client, so one of my required readings is Seneca on the Shortness of Life, so I just had him read that yesterday, so that's fresh on my mind. But Good. The, the, the themes of that, Brian, are, if I could sum it up in one word, um, the theme that comes to mind for me is uh, intentionality. Uh, and it means, you know, uh, taking the, the energy and the time to ask ourselves the questions that actually lead to a path of fulfillment. Meaning, you know, having the courage to uh, develop a philosophy of our life to develop principles that we want to exude in our life. Not things that sound nice on a Hallmark card, but things that we actually live on a daily basis and actually starting from that place. Because when we're intentional, when we know ourselves, when we have self-awareness, then we can be very intentional with everything we do. And I'm not just talking about being intentional at a sales meeting. I'm talking about, can you be intentional with, you know, can you practice intentionality and excellence when you're, you know, washing the dishes, for example? And so uh, from, a, from a general component, Stoicism has just taught me um, about that mindset of, of excellence and intentionality uh, with how we deal with everything in life. Because, you know, there's that quote, how you do uh, anything is how you do everything. And like, how true is that? And often right. when I work with people, you know, they'll say, Man, I just can't put it together. And I'll say, hold, hold on, I'll say, hold on a second. Take me through your biggest win in the last year. And they'll say, and they'll say, what are you talking like? What are you talking about? I don't, I haven't. That's why I'm here because I'm stuck. And I say, no, 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 no. Let's let's look a little. Let's dig a little bit deeper. And they'll identify a win in a different area of life. And I say, you know what? The same ingredients that went into that can go into the thing that we're working on now. So we all have proof of wins that we've accomplished. The question is, are we willing to look hard enough? Yeah, and that's that is so key there, Tommy. Because people, I think they tend to compart compartmental. I'm not even saying this right. Compartmentalize like their life in different yes. sections. Like, okay, I'm successful in my my health or something, but man, I'm struggling in my business. Like you just said there, if you apply some of the big 
strategies to get the win in health, that can apply in your business as well. So I, I think that's so important on there. Let me ask you this now. What are you doing right now that currently scares you or is making you stretch? Oh, I love that. I love that because that's the name of the game. So um, Yes. Yeah. For me right now, I'm I'm knee deep in my, my next big creative project, which is another book, of course. Um so that's another book? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome, man. Yeah, You're gonna have I, to keep posted on that. I thing. know, I know. Right now I'm in that kind of that malleable phase of I got an idea and I got to strip away at it and chip away at it. So that's taking a lot of my uh, time and energy just to solidify that and then take the next steps after that. Um, but also just, you know, putting the pieces together on, on, you know, some brand new programs some brand new offering and doing a lot more in-person training. I've been, you know, a lot of my programs for the last four or five years have been virtual masterminds, virtual experiences, zoom calls, and the transformation is insane. The amount of results that people get, but there's nothing like having somebody uh, in front of me and delivering an experience. And what I do, the way that I train people, is that I create experiences that we can use as metaphors so when we actually apply the strategies, they have a backbone to rest on. They have an emotional anchor that they remember why they're doing it. And so um, what's exciting me, Brian, is is you know putting together uh, the the first components of my bigger live events, you know, because I have clients who fly out, but um, it's very small. Now I'm now I'm going to bring uh, excited to create a, a bigger live event out here in Scottsdale. Awesome! You'll have to keep us posted on it so we can uh, definitely make you aware to the listeners who want to get involved in that. So that's awesome. Absolutely. What? Uh, let's go with what is one of your business or biggest business regrets, or we can even say failure, which I like to term it undesired outcome, not failure. <laughs> You're just not getting the result you want. What, what was one of your biggest business regrets or failures, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, and, and I love you know I love I love failures because you know at the time they might not feel that good, but they're they're the things that give us the real life wisdom to make it better next time. And the more the faster you fail, the more likely you are to succeed. It's it's really really simple. This one shot mentality that has to work today. Or you'll never try it again. Is is really keeping people on the sidelines? But uh, let's see. Out of all the failures, um, you know, the 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 big one for me was um, sticking to. So I started with physical fitness in the brick and mortar space, and I knew about eighteen months before I actually moved on that it was time to move on. Um, so it was very challenging for me though, because this is the thing that I had said I wanted and it was successful and we were doing awesome and we had potentials to grow nationwide. And it's like, but what, what do I want to, where do I want to be spending my time? What kind of things do I want to be doing? And so I had this, this big conflict and there was a period of that time where I just, I felt kind of lost and not knowing what to do. Like it's one thing to, to, you know, have a job that you don't like and, 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 be lost there because everybody you explain that to it makes sense but it's another to have something that you love doing or said that you love doing which I did for a while but my my purpose had evolved at that point and so um but through that questioning see this is this is the thing Brian like people will say you know Tommy I've really been questioning my path last week and I will always say that's awesome and they'll be like dude what are you talking about that's awesome this is this is a, this is horrible like, I don't want to be doing this and I said dude the questioning is where you either make a decision to double down on your path or you might gain some insight about something else. And so this was a big challenge for me, but on the other side of that challenge was a new career and a, a new clients and a new platform and a podcast and books that were waiting for me to have the courage to step into. 
Yeah, and if you never made that decision, you would never be doing it. Absolutely. And I love, I love how you were able to pivot, though, because so many people, like you said, that will cause paralysis. People are afraid. They love the comfortable. And when they start to question stuff, and it goes around to mindset, Tommy, how do you review that? If you look at that as a negative and questioning things as doubt and, oh, I better not do anything. I better stay where I'm at. No, embrace it. Lean into it. And it may take you on a whole new direction, but don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to ask questions because that's where your growth is going to happen and that's where you're going to have the biggest impact. And and some of the greatest success stories in the game, you know, in the book, I, I just quote these big companies, but it happens to all types of people where the pivot, you know, they started out as one thing, you know, and then uh, they completely pivoted and that was the breakthrough that they needed. You know, I quote you know, Flickr and Instagram and, you know, YouTube being in a dating site originally. And then they would, people would upload these videos like, and, and uh, for, you know, to get dates or for their profile, whatever it was. And then they realized the videos were the thing that was catching on, not the actual dating. And so sometimes you have to be rigid in your rituals and your routines and controlling your attitude and your mindset, but you have to be open to the pivot or you might miss a massive opportunity. How many companies have missed opportunities because they were too rigid? The Kodaks, the Blockbusters, the uh, you know all of these companies that dude, they had the assets, they had the 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 mental and intellectual knowledge to see a, what was coming, but they were too yep. rigid and too focused on 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 you know buying with their own uh, you know their own success and not willing to look forward and pivot. I love it. Love it. Love it. Now, I know you're a big reader like me. You love books and so forth. Other than your books, what books have you gifted the most and what, what would you say to the listeners that they should delve into and that would have the biggest impact if they read it and applied it instead of going on to the next book? What, what would be a one, two, or three books that you would highly recommend? You know, so I do a lot of gifting. So I actually tallied this up last year. So besides, you know, besides my books um, – Last year, High Performance Habits was uh, my most gifted, Brendan Bruchard. Oh, okay. Yeah, Great. so that was my most gifted last year. The second most gifted was uh, one called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. That's Dr. Joe yes. Dispenza. <laughs> Dr. Joe, I love it. Yeah, and so that's about you know really breaking some of the patterns that we that get in our own way, uh, the, the, the blind spots that we create for ourselves and, and how to move on this. Um, and then the third one um, was uh, was the Seth Godin book, uh, which is Lynchpin, uh, which is one that I'm always kind of pushing people to, which is really about becoming, you know, choosing to be the best today, even if you're a grocery store clerk or you're working a job you don't love, just choo- choosing yourself, being the best today, knowing that that's going to open up opportunities. So uh, Lynchpin, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and High Performance Habits, three classics that uh, I always uh, dig into over and over again. Awesome. We'll have those definitely in the show notes along with uh, your books, links to those. So where can we get your books? What's the best, you know, probably what, Amazon and, and bookstores and so forth? Or Yeah, Amazon is, is king. There's, uh, the, there's the, the paperback digital and now um, we got the Audible version. If you're new to Audible, your first um, credit is uh, free, I believe, your first month and you can use that on the 1% rule. Yes, definitely do it. Like I said, I've got it. I'm going through it. It's awesome. So I was reading the book and then Tommy said, hey, I've got the Audible out now. So I got that. And you guys are going to love it. You are absolutely, it's amazing. So definitely pick that up. Where's the best way that we can connect with you? 
Yeah, the best way. So I finally relaunched my website, resistaverageacademy.com. Uh, I got an audio training for you guys on there. If, if anything of this connected, um, you can grab that. I also have a 12-page PDF on getting clear and all of that stuff. Um, but obviously, you love podcasts, and Resist Average Academy podcast is a great place to start. Perfect. Now, what would you want to leave for the mindset family is like a final message, Tommy, what would be your final message to them? Maybe something we didn't cover that's in the 1% rule or just some type of principle. What would be a final message you'd like to leave? So the final message would be that in life, we all, we often know that there's something that we have to do, a decision that we have to make, a calling that we have to pursue. Uh, and yet we talk ourselves out of it. So what I would want to impart on the listeners would be to allow yourself for that to come to the surface and not judge it, not discard it, not wait for the right time, not say, uh, you know, in six months or next New Year's or when the president leaves office or when life gets a little bit less busy because you know, you and I know that's just putting stuff into a distant future that won't happen. Um, and my encouragement for you is to, one, identify that thing and, two, do one thing today, and I'm talking the simplest action step. You know, when I wanted to change my entire life and move out to Arizona from New York, um, I had just signed a five-year lease. Uh, you know, I had all the all the reasons why it wouldn't work. And that night, I just shifted my iPhone to a sunset. That that was my action step. That's all I could do on, on a New Year's night, four, three years, four years ago, whatever it was. But the next morning, I saw that, and it reminded me of what I wanted to do. And six months later. I was, uh, I'd landed in Arizona and I was doing a sunset hike and I look up and the phone picture was exactly what was happening in my reality. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. And I, you know, tears were streaming down my eyes and I just want someone out there to have the faith and trust that your dreams are worth it. Not, not, not for me, not for Brian, not for anybody else on here, but they're worth it for you. That's what I want to leave you with. Beautiful. Beautiful. Couldn't said it better. Tommy, this has been awesome, bud. Like I said, I could talk to you for hours on this stuff. This is great. You shared so many good things here. I love it because the whole purpose on the show too is I want actionable steps. I want stuff that people can stop listening to this and implement today into their lives. And you delivered, bud. You gave some actionable stuff. So you guys listening, go back. If you didn't take notes while listening to this here, go back and listen to this again. Tommy shared actionable things that you can implement now and to delve deeper, get the book, get the audible book of the 1% rule. It's powerful. And if you guys implement it and take what Tommy said, take action on it, go through the whole book and implement it. Don't go on to another book, take action on that. And you're going to start seeing results because you're going to be focusing on the process, not the outcome. And like Tommy said, if you focus on that process, you're going to get the outcome. It is such a powerful, powerful thing. And because it's small incremental, um, 1% changes that he has you implement, your mind doesn't doubt you because, Oh, I can do that. And if you keep doing those and stack those on one on top of another, you're going to look back in the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, do it now before the new year's come. Because I think Tommy's a big believer in this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of threw out new year's resolutions, Tommy. I mean, I want to set goals throughout the year. I want to pivot. I want to reevaluate. I don't want to wait until the new year is coming up before I go ahead and set goals. So 
Take action now. We're it's starting September. We have October, November, December. You can get a massive head start going into 2019 by getting Tommy's book, implementing those strategies, whether it's your health, business, anything in your life, relationships, but apply it because this stuff will work and you will see magic. Brian, what a pleasure. Couldn't have said it better myself. And you got an amazing platform and your guests are total rock stars. If you made it this far, I, it tells me a lot about who you are and the audience that you have cultivated, Brian. So well done. Hey, appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on. And everybody, thanks for listening again. I love you guys. And until next time, I wish you guys a brilliant life. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really and truly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about developing a strong, successful mindset, then go ahead and subscribe by clicking the I'm In button below this podcast. Each week, I try to deliver great content that you can learn and apply immediately to help develop a better mindset so you can build a great online business and hopefully a better life. So if you like what we're trying to do here at The Marketer's Mindset, then help us spread the message and give us a rating and review on iTunes so we can help more online marketers. Lastly, I want to hear from you. So if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or an online marketer that you would like us to interview, then send me an email to brian at themarketersmindset.com. Thanks again. I love you guys. And until next week, take care, and I wish you a brilliant life.